Welcome to Listening Stories Untold. If you are new and interested in topics like mindset development, manifestation, and all the fun stuff, do follow and turn on post notifications to stay updated. For today, our guest is Becky. She is a habits and mindset coach, focusing on subconscious transformations. She realistically describes herself as a recovering perfectionist. Let's hear the story from her side. Hi, Becky. How are you? Hi, I'm really good. Thank you. So why do you describe yourself as this, like there was this particular line on your website, like a recovering perfectionist, dot, dot, dot. And like, what's your story? Yeah, so like many, I I think I had every fear going. So perfectionism, procrastination, comparing myself, fear, just keeping myself so small. Um, and it only really surfaced when I started my business. I think going up a corporate ladder, which I did, you know, it's the thing to do isn't it you leave university well you go to university first of all then you leave and you start your career and I think a lot of those fears were probably hidden because I was very complacent just going with the flow not really challenging myself still progressing magically (laughs) but actually just not really trying and so it got to a point I was turning 30 And although I'm a big reflector, there'd been a big period of time where I just hadn't really reflected on my life. So when I decided to do it as I was heading to 30, my mind was blown. And I was just like, how did I get here? I'm not really enjoying what I'm doing. Just feels very mediocre. And that's why I talk about mediocrity a lot, because... I know it sounds like not a big deal, but actually I had a post the other day saying it it can be your rock bottom. Mediocrity in life is is terrible. You know, there's so much that you can achieve and work towards. Mediocrity is an awful place to be. And I'd found myself there just with this beige vanilla life. And I must say, I must caveat at that time, I wasn't practicing gratitude and I I probably had no gratitude for anything and that's why I described it as beige and vanilla. Had a loving family, had a job, had progression, had money, um, had I think a fiance at that time, we've been together for years. I think there was also that issue where I had not been looking after my mindset and I'm very negative, very negative. And so then I decided one day just to quit my corporate job. <laughs> just I say out of the blue, but I think it was in my heart, it had been there for a long time. And so when I did finally leave that job, that's when all of these issues just kind of blew up in my face because I wasn't brave necessarily leaving my job. It's just that the fear of staying still was greater than the fear of actually creating change, even though I had no idea what that change looked like. Um, I left with no idea what I wanted to do, just knowing that it was not a corporate career, not a commute in London anymore. And yeah, so all of these issues surfaced at that point. And so I was left with no job, no career, no focus, no purpose. (laughs) 
definitely has some self-care time, which is amazing. But when you don't have a purpose, that can only last a certain amount of time <laughs> before you think, oh gosh, you know, what am I doing with my life? Um, so yeah, that's really what surfaced. And that's why I really talk about the perfectionism and procrastination being a big part of me because it just all surfaced all of a sudden when it, you know, it was my biggest challenge that came to me where I had to overcome it. I had to face those challenges that have been hidden for so many years. That is such a great example of like, you can be unfulfilled with your life, unsatisfied, even when things seem to go right. Mm -hmm. So like, what, what did you start doing to make the situation better? So I started reading books because I had a calling that it was definitely to have my own business. And I don't really know, I can't really remember where that came from because I wasn't really in the entrepreneurial network or world at that time. I think it was just a calling within me saying, you don't like the corporate world. You are kind of a free spirit, you do your own thing, kind of go with the flow sort of girl. Maybe it's to do it on your own terms. So then the first book that I ever read was the Carrie Green, She Means Business. So that was obviously enlightening for someone that has never read anything about business and Carrie's got such a great voice really vulnerable really honest and that was my first introduction to things like visualizations and manifestation and mindset so I went down very heavy <laughs> into that world of you know I have to learn everything I can um, about it all and at the same time, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think friends and family were definitely, <laughs> I want to say rolling their eyes in the background because every week I'd have a new business idea. They were very creative from like party planning to something within the wedding industry. Then I had this kind of charitable idea um, at Christmas. And I had to keep asking myself, what does... Becky enjoy like where's her passion because genuinely during that period I wouldn't have been able to tell you what I enjoyed doing you know you spend hours in work and I had a HR career and so it was a lot of like disciplinaries grievances very negative subjects and um, and I just spent you know 10 years in that world and um, it was all consuming and then I just had no idea what I enjoyed doing outside of work other than brunches in London and um, Prosecco <laughs> and walking the dog you know it was really that's where I had I call it like a mini meltdown on my 30th birthday because I didn't know who I was anymore and I had to re-explore what truly makes me happy and um, because it wasn't work um, and that's where gratitude came in. So I definitely was able to really get grateful for everything within my life that I had so much to be grateful for. And then to learn that it's okay to still want more. Okay, it's really okay to desire more and still be grateful for what you have. And um, so I just dived straight into all of this and I was just reading all the books, watching all the courses, signing up to memberships, Money mindset was a big thing back then, so I didn't make any big investments. They were just little investments that still add up to money, but the whole my money mindset was all you can't invest big, you know, it's too risky. And um, 
so yeah I was just learning so much more and eventually the passion came out and I realized it was organizing and it had come up a few times and I kept dismissing it saying Becky organizing isn't a career everyone organizes everyone has a home um, but it kept calling me so that's why I eventually decided to be a home organiser. So physically going to people's homes and organising. I was already a huge fan of Marie Kondo. And then it just so happened that once I decided that this was my focus, she then had that programme that came on Netflix. So then everyone was interested in it. So it was quite good for me that I then had a platform of people who had tried the recordos way and thought, no, this is, I can't do it. Oh, home organizer, yeah, bring her in. So I followed that path. And it's quite interesting because I realized early on that going into people's homes was not good for my energy. So the reason it was calling me is because I knew the power of an organized, tidy, decluttered, cleansed home. So I was already exploring feng shui within my home and I was a very, very messy child. <laughs> um, like genuinely, like you couldn't see my bedroom floor when I was living at home. Um, and then I learned the power of the environment. But actually going into people's homes depleted my energy. So I learned pretty quickly that this is not scalable because if I go to someone's home for one day, I have to take one or two days off afterwards just to re-energize. And so then I was thinking, how can I do this in a different way? And while I was doing that, I was learning that mindset is part of everything. So people that were asking me into their homes, yes, I can organize. But if they don't have the mindset and the habits and the decision to create those habits and make that change within the home for consistency, it wasn't going to make a difference. It's like a superficial solution to tidy once. So in the back of my mind at this point, mindset kept popping up. And then my limiting beliefs were saying, you can't be mindset. <laughs> Your mindset's not good. You can't help people with mindset. Um, so that was already starting to appear. But at that time, I decided to take it online. So I started to teach people how to do this um, through online one-to-ones, which was very interesting. And I loved it. And um, again, that little mindset uh, idea kept popping up saying, it all comes back to identity. You know, our spaces, what we create, is 100% linked to our mindset and who we desire to be it can be it's probably a missing piece for many people so i carried on doing that for six months and then it got to a point where i just it, it was just like mindset's everything and yes i'm talking about mindset because it's a passion and i feel i've got something to give but i need to jump in the deep end and that's when i decided to invest a large amount of money uh, first time ever in that amount of money, I had to really challenge my money mindset and trust in myself, have the belief in myself. And I dive straight into being a qualified mindset coach. I love how all of this is connected. You know, like you said, you always organizing kept popping up in your head. And you also said that the idea of party planning and stuff when you were experimenting. I also love how you experimented with ideas just to find your purpose, even at the age of 30. 
which is like an inspiration for people to understand how to how they can realign themselves even at a later stage of life so you talked about quitting your full-time job like what were your emotions then i can hope that it, they were not easy and like your family must have supported you back then yeah so it definitely wasn't easy i i i think it had been coming up a lot and it's one of those things that i was probably saying to people oh i can't do this much more i'm really unhappy i'm not liking it and back then i just wasn't taking action you know i was one of those people who was just saying it truly believing it but then thinking oh that's too scary to <laughs> to quit everything you work towards and you know, a very comfortable salary, living in London, you know, buying what I want, doing what I want, giving that up just because you're not very happy. You know, it was that cycle of, come on, Becky, like, what's wrong with you? And then it was <laughs> fortunate for me, but maybe unfortunate for my company, but they put me through this life coaching thing. So I got an opportunity um, to be do this leadership uh, training and there was a life coach part of it and everyone was using the life coaching to for their careers and to you know really flourish and promotions <laughs> and all the questions were just confirming to me of yeah this isn't for me but actually giving me the confidence to think that's okay yeah this this is happening for a reason that i need to listen to this and take action um, and it was from that that i then had the courage to resign um, and my company so supportive so amazing and um, didn't question it probably noticed that I wasn't really on fire anymore within my career um, and yeah they were so supportive that because they knew I didn't have anywhere to go I had a three-month notice period um, and then they allowed me to do part-time hours for, I think it ended up being six months. So I had a nine-month notice period, and that is purely down to the fear. If I had resigned fully confident of like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I trust that it will work out, I would have left at that three-month period. But there were a few things going on. So I was getting married. So that was in 1st of June, so two-year wedding anniversary yesterday. Um, so we were doing that. So financially, I had responsibilities. And despite that, my husband was still so supportive of me resigning. Um, and so, yeah, there were a few things going on where I didn't feel 100% confident. Luckily, I had the support of family, friends, and my employer to phase me out. Um, which was incredible. Um, but even by then, by that nine month notice period, I still hadn't made any progress really. I was stuck in that cycle of, I don't know what to do. And actually being within that environment for so long with people in their corporate careers, still looking to flourish, still looking to be promoted and do well in their corporate careers, I noticed the power of language. So I kept going in saying, eek, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my career, eek. And kind of mocking it um, to make it lighthearted because otherwise everyone's thinking, oh my God, Becky's having a breakdown. <laughs> Becky's quitting her career and she's still hanging around. This is weird. So I kind of made it like into a fun, jakey thing. But the thing is, 
power of language, doing that for nine months. By the end of nine months, I'm like, eek, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but what am I doing here? And I got myself in a really bad place where I had no faith in myself, no belief. I still knew within my heart that 100% I'd made the right decision. And that's why I still left because I knew that's not for me. I just have so much fear of figuring it out. Um, and the only way that I did it was trying, literally trial and error by putting myself out there very slowly, very gradually because of the fear, um, trying ideas on, buying goodness how many, knows how many website domains. Um, and it just slowly pieces together. And I think for me, that's the journey I had to go through. And I know a lot of people would say, I could have, you should do that with, should, you could do that with a part-time job or with your job. But I really had to go in the deep end for myself and really shake myself up financially, which was, you know, I'm all about abundance and financial intentions these days. But back then I kind of had to go to zero income for a bit um, and just be like, what's important? What am I grateful for? What do I want? And really challenge myself, take myself out that mediocrity and complacency place and just ruffle the feathers a bit. Um, and it was a gradual process for me, but mindset saved me 100%. So doing all of the uh, gratitude, the affirmations, the visualizations, the meditation is when I started to get more focus. Um, but actually the focus creates action. So actually doing something, not just in planning mode and watching free courses, and then the action builds more confidence in what you're doing, more expertise, more competence. And then that is the cycle that continues and you just get stronger and stronger and stronger. That was so great. Like, and also congratulations for the anniversary. And I like when your company put you through the life coaching program, it sounds like the universe brought it forward for you to have this realization. And also, yes, power of language is so real. You just proved like the given example. So since you're into mindset coaching and stuff, can you tell people like some points very specific that they can implement to improve their mindset and why is it essential? I always think morning ritual is such a good place to start. So if you at the moment wake up and you don't have a ritual in any way, if you're just grabbing a coffee, scrolling Instagram, looking at Facebook, reading your emails, there's so much you can do in that first moments that you wake. And also it doesn't have to be at 5am, you know, the whole 5am pub. So I do try and wake up at 5.30am because I'm a morning person and that feels good for me. But you know, I've got clients that wake up at 9 a.m. and do their morning ritual then, or do whatever time they wake up, there's no pressure to wake up at a certain time. But what you do in those first moments are so important. It sets your mindset up for the day. So I always teach clients to do those mindset techniques. So meditate, or just sit in silence, or do a guided meditation or guided visualization, something where you're not consciously thinking, but you're using your unconscious mind and tapping into it. 
and listening. Then journaling. A lot of people love journaling. I know there's a number of people that don't connect with it, but I would also argue you might not have the right prompts for you. They might not be personalized or aligned with what you're working on, but actually pen to paper, journaling your thoughts. Um, you know, we all go through challenges. So maybe one morning it could be, why am I feeling this way? What am I feeling? And literally just letting the pen flow of the thoughts, the emotions, the feelings, the blockers, the resistance, everything just comes out if you just let it flow. And you notice and you acknowledge things that are coming up for you. And acknowledgement is one of the key things in mindset. Um, affirmations are great, because we've said about the power of words. So actually, you can choose to reframe, so I do this a lot, but in the morning you can take control and absolutely choose what words you're filtering into your mind. Especially when it's in the lower brain waves of waking up, choose what information, what words, what messages you're putting into your unconscious mind and your conscious mind. So you can either listen to them, you could record in your own voice and listen to affirmations you've chosen. You can go on YouTube and find affirmations, you know, that align with how you want to feel that day. You can write them down. Again, pen to paper is so powerful. Or stand up and have them written down and just speak them out. There's so many different ways for people to do affirmations. And I truly think as long as you're feeling the words in whatever format, they're working. So I am a successful business coach. Just let those words come in and feel it within your body. And you're choosing what's going into your mind. Um, and gratitude. You know, like I say, I, I hold my hands up. I was very ungrateful. I just wasn't consciously grateful for anything in my life. And um, I feel like that was meant to happen because I do believe everything happens for a reason. I needed to be in that place to throw all my toys out the pram and say, hey, this is for me, I'm starting again. Um, but now gratitude is so powerful. You know, three things, really specific things that you're grateful for today. Or have a journaling uh, prompt. So I've got um, a gratitude book that I use as well, which, you know, questions you like, three websites you're grateful for, three foods you're grateful for, really make you think outside the box as well, instead of, you know, you can get into a complacency place with gratitude of, I'm grateful for my sleep, I'm grateful for the nice weather. You know, you can see yourself doing that as a tick box exercise. So with all of these things, it's really about making sure they're still intentional, they're focused and they're meaningful. Otherwise it just becomes another tick thing really making sure that it's aligning you in the first moments of when you wake up and this can be a five minute practice or an hour practice whatever you choose but it just makes you think yes i've got this i've got a good day ahead of me i feel happy i feel grateful i feel excited for the future i know that anything within my mind can be overcome so you go into the day just feeling so powerful and so unstoppable and um, and then as the day goes by, naturally things will come up, you'll get triggered, you'll receive information that might create an emotion that you weren't expecting, you know, the emotion just keep you in the face. <laughs> um, so it's really about being mindful of your mindset all day. So you might 
for example, I say about being triggered, it's an opportunity for growth. So anytime you get that surge of emotion or that really strong thought that comes in, it's taking a step back and saying, why did that happen? So it might be that you're on Instagram and you see a coach who's maybe a couple of steps ahead of you has just had a 50K month and you think, oh, you get dread or something in your in your belly and then normally then you'd maybe like start carry on scrolling and just feel really you know not great about yourself whereas if you take a step back and think why did I feel that way you feel that way because that's what I desire one day I want to have a 50k month okay what do I need to do differently right let me journal on it and so you're always tweaking growing, learning more about yourself and what your desires are. Sometimes you get triggered by something that you didn't even know that you wanted. But when you take a second, you're like, oh, I do actually want that dog <laughs> or that style of house. That's why jealousy came up or something. So it's really about being mindful of your emotions, the things you're saying in your head and always understanding that there's a lesson there. I loved how you explained every point. Like people just throw that stuff out there, but you explained why each point is necessary. And I myself believe in the power of journaling as well. So let's wrap this interview up with like a short, sweet message you'd love to give to the audience. I think the biggest message that's coming to me personally that I'm also sharing with my clients is it's about space and grace. So a lot's going on in the world right now. You know, it feels like there's so much heavy heartedness. Um, and then that kind of creates the emotions and the pressure within us. And it's actually just creating space. And I mean, energetically, physically, you know, within your diary, taking time off and giving yourself grace for the lessons you're learning, the things you're doing, what you're achieving. You know, sometimes achieving one thing a day, one intentional focus and purposeful action a day is a great place to be. You're moving that needle forward. You don't have to wear that busy badge. You don't have to just feel like you're doing 12 hour days because that's what you think success looks like. It's really understanding what it means for you, doing one thing a day, that's really intentional, you're proud of and that's actually going to support what you're doing in the world and giving yourself grace to just be and from a manifestation point of view I'm really learning to focus on my vibration you know when I feel joyful when I'm having fun when I'm just being and absorbing and enjoying the lessons even when they're tough lessons which there's been a few, <laughs> even when I'm absorbing those and just thinking, I still feel joyful, I still feel happy, I still feel grateful. And I don't have to work all the time. Vibrationally, I'm then attracting my dream clients that want to live that way too. You know, and the more I do this work, the more I get those DMs out of the blue saying, hey, Becky, I'd love to work with you one day. And they're genuinely happening and I'm doing less, always. If I've taken a day off, 
I come in the next day and I've got a gorgeous message or a new connection. And so there's something within having space. Don't feel that you just have to drive forward all the time. Um, because me, for me personally, that's why I left the corporate career, to do things on my own terms. And it's magical when you realise that actually less is more. That was such a lovely message. Thank you, Becky, for this lovely conversation. Wrapping it up for the audience, the main lessons that you can find at this conversation are, you can find your passion, age is no limit. Try to tweak your reality according to the way you want life to work out by using these mindset uh, mindset tools to transform it. Morning rituals, journaling, affirmations, gratitude, and being mindful. Thank you, listeners. Stay around for next week's guest. Bye-bye.